morning. If y'all will be opening to Genesis 43, your text for the first hour. Um, yesterday, I hadn't been to the church house in a couple of days, and uh, I came down and studied for just a little bit, printed some things out. I thought, I'll better check in the trash cans. And I went back, and when I got close to that restroom, I stepped in water. <laughs> and uh, there was a, a plumber came out with about, in about 35 minutes. I was very thankful. And uh, I did a little bit of plumbing in my day, and he had a power snake, and he kept pushing that snake out and pushing that snake out and pushing that snake out. That's a 75 foot power snake. And he pushed it all the way out. There wasn't no more snake to push. And then he scooted the power snake closer to the clean out there. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> He's got a bigger one. This going to get expensive. And that last little couple inches, he got it. So it's way down there. But uh, we uh, we got it pretty well cleaned up. I want to do some work in that uh, nursery, but we got them shut for now. Kirma's up here pulling water out of carpets till 9 o'clock last night. But, uh, I was thankful. Um, thankful for that them to come out so fast and we still have services today and get everything cleaned up and uh, I said I told them I said you did me a favor and it gave me a little bit of an illustration uh, during one of the messages this morning so Genesis 43 we're going to look at Judah the surety this morning it's so easy I was thinking about this yesterday it just takes a lot of burden off for me to preach out of the Old Testament I guess that's a shock and I didn't grow up in religion. Uh, for most people, they don't preach out of the Old Testament. And I thought, well, if I just tell you what happened here, and then I tell you how it come to pass in the New Testament, that's half the workload. <laughs> I just doubled doubled what I of the work, you know. That's a pleasure, though, to see these things. And it's just, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And, and I'm, I'm going to try to get to my text here in, in verse 9 and not stop too much, but... You'll just see each verse, it's just exploding. We can just camp out on each verse by themselves. It says in verse 1, Genesis 43, And the famine was sore in the land. Ain't that the truth? Six times throughout Genesis, a chapter begins or ends, the famine was great, the famine was sore. There's a massive famine. We need reminded of that. We got it good in this house of bread, don't we? But the famine sore in the land. And it came to pass that when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, that Joseph gave them. Remember Joseph, his brothers came and they said, he said, I'm going to keep one of you, but you go fetch your youngest brother. And you ain't going to see my face again unless you bring me Benjamin. And so they, but he, he loaded them up, gave them provision for the way, set a guard on them. When they ate that corn up, their father said to them, go again and buy us a little food. Forgot all about those things. I thought I was driving here. I was like, I, I woke up this morning on the Lord's earth, breathing his air through his nostrils and his body uh, on his earth and his universe. I ought to come out of bed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. How soon we forget. But he said, go buy us a little food. Verse 3. And Judah spake unto them, saying, this man, the man did solemnly protest unto us. Maybe you forgot, Daddy. But he said, ye shall not see my face except your brother be with you. That's how we could be, God could be just and justify us. We ain't going to see his face unless our brother's with us, our elder brothers. Verse 4, If thou wilt send our brother with us, we will go down and buy thee food. But if thou wilt not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. 
And Israel said, Wherefore dealt ye so ill with me as to tell the man whether ye had a brother? Why did you even tell him you had a brother? Why did you do this to me? We're always looking out for the next hour we'll see Saul. Saul was surrounded. He said, Nobody felt sorry for me. Nobody come and apologized to me. And nobody felt bad. That's us by nature, isn't it? Here's Jacob. He said, Y'all, why'd y'all do this to me? Verse 7. And they said, The man asked us straightly of our state and of your kindred, saying, Is your father yet alive? Well, you want me to lie to him? <laughs> Have ye another brother? And we told him, According to the tenor of these words, could we certainly know that he would say, Bring down your brother, bring your brother down? How would we have known that? We're, we're just here to tell the truth, be witnesses of what happened. And Judah said unto Israel, his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou and also our little ones. If life is going to continue, Judah is going to have to arise with his brother with him. Judah's going to have to go that everybody may live. Here's the covenant, verse 9. Judah speaking to his father. This is a picture of Christ speaking to his father about to go to Joseph the law and fulfill it. For us, Benjamins, <laughs> I will be surety for him, for Benjamin. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring not if I bring him not unto thee and set him before thee, let me bear the blame forever. I'll be Benjamin's surety. That's what Jude says. If I don't bring him back, it's on me. It's on my head. What's a surety? We often think of cosigners, don't we? <laughs> Somebody is a surety they cosign for a loan or something. It goes a little deeper than that. That root word here is to braid, to intermix, to, to do on another's behalf. That's like if I co-sign for you, I said, I'll go co-sign a loan for you. You can't pay it. I'll pay everything. But I'll let your name be on it. Your name's going to be on the title. That's what this word means. To do it all. To be made one with and to be the doer thereof. A surety. We need one of those. In the New Testament, we'll see we have assurance because of our surety. That's to have full confidence of accomplishment. That's what assurance is. The work's done, and you know about it. People say, I, I don't have any assurance. You ain't looking to the surety. That's your problem. That's it. It's as simple as it is. What a picture we have here at Judah. Christ, our surety. We're made one with him. We're braided to him, intertwined with him, intermixed. And he accomplishes all in his hand. And he bears the blame if any are lost or missing or anything's unfinished. It's all on him. What assurance we have. My hand ain't in it. My thumbprint ain't on it. I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not at war. I don't, it's not up to me to win or to lose or to sustain or to make more holy or whatever you can think attached to it. It's his doing. He's the doer thereof. We've just been working through John 17 on Wednesday nights. That's been such a blessing to me. I hope it has been to you. But that speaks concerning this covenant. This is the final report at the, at, when the work's done, right? 
this surety, this oneness, this accomplished work. He, he gave us the I haves there in John 17, his high priestly prayer. He said, I have glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work. I've manifested your name in them. I've given them your words. It's been effectually. I've prayed for them. I am praying for them right now, and I shall pray for them. I pray for them. And he says, I have kept them, and I've kept them. I've kept them. They ain't, they're protected, and I've kept them from getting away. <laughs> they're mine forever. And he said, I've sent them into the world. I've sent them out. I've given them my glory, and we, I've been made one with them. I'm their surety, and this is the result of it. I've glorified them. What, what, was Kevin Thacker mentioned in any of that? I'm just the recipient. What about Benjamin? Benjamin ain't been mentioned, has he? Lord said he's one with us. He's our surety. That's, that's being evenly yoked to be, to be knit together, to be tied together. Have you ever seen two oxen sitting in a field with the yoke on, just eating grass and looking around? No. <laughs> if, that, if the yoke's on them, they're doing something. They're pulling something, ain't they? Us and him and him and us, he sent us into the world to do something. And he said, I've glorified them. I've glorified him. And this story of Joseph and his brothers, of Judah being the surety for Benjamin. Benjamin never speaks. Benjamin, he's probably about 25, 32, somewhere through there, 30-ish years old. He ain't, never, he ain't never spoke a word, never says anything. Judah didn't come to him and say, here's my plan. I'm going to offer this to you, Benjamin, if, you, if you'll accept my conditions. I'll be a surety for you. You just got to say, give me a thumbs up. Just nod. That never happened, did it? He didn't present a package deal for Benjamin to approve. No, this was between the father and the son. Benjamin didn't have a hand in it. This covenant that we are saved by, if anyone's saved, if the Lord's people saved, if he's put us in him, this covenant we have, that's between the father and the son and the Holy Spirit before we was even born. It didn't, it didn't need my approval. All things are ordered and sure. It doesn't require my input to get the ball rolling, and it doesn't require my hand to smack the ball and keep the ball rolling, to push it over the finish line. It's done. That's between the Father and the Son, isn't it? Turn over to Hebrews 6. We'll see this come to pass. Hebrews 6. I want people to know this assurance. I'm going to show you verse 17. Look at verse 11 first. Hebrews 6, 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. The same diligence to look into Christ, our surety, unto the end. That you be not slothful. Don't let this become old hat. Don't let this become mediocre and common and like, well, that's what we do on Sundays. Don't be slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Walk together, be evenly yoked to him, to the person. Now verse 17, Hebrews 6, 17. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, the unchangingness, confirmed it by an oath, by a covenant, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, a strong assurance, 
who have fled for refuge to lay a hold, lay hold upon the hope set before us. We've run to Christ, which hope, this, this person, <laughs> we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, the one that went in for us. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. This is the one who's represented us, who's went in on our behalf, that we are made, he's our surety. We're his property. This is the one represented. This is the one who our hope lies. Look over in chapter 7, verse 22. Chapter 7, 22 says, By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament, of a better covenant. What was the first thing we had? Here's the law, keep it. We can't. What law? Well, well, the Mosaic law or this law. Or that. No. God said, don't touch that tree. Don't eat it. Adam did. I did. People said, that ain't fair. It don't matter what you think. God said, you eat it, but you're going to die, and everything comes out of you is death. That's all death can produce. We died, didn't we? This is a better testament. This is a better covenant. He fulfilled that as our surety, isn't it? By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better covenant. Luke chapter 9, verse 24. Hebrews 9, 24. This one that was going to go to Joseph on Benjamin's behalf and be his surety. And that's all on his hand. Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ has not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true. That whole tabernacle and that... that, that place they had that was just a picture but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of god for us nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others for then he must he for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away Sin by the sacrifice of himself. He's going to lay down himself for those that he's pledged to. Chapter 10, one more and we'll go back to our text. Verse 16, just a page over. Hebrews 10, 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. Him doing all these things, our surety that laid down his life for us, Knowing that, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Well, I have my faith. My faith's looking to him. <laughs> my faith's his faith. He's the object. I have assurance that my surety completed everything that he said he's going to do. Have full assurance. <laughs> I get picked at this. I don't have any assurance. Why? <laughs> we'll say why, funny, don't Why? Why not? Because you ain't looking to Christ. Work's done. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Work's done. 
The child of God has full assurance of faith. That's the conduct. means when we look solely to the object of our faith, Christ, our surety. You see that? That's our assurance. None he died for will be lost. None that believe on him will ever be ashamed. Why? Because he said, if I don't bring them back, it's on me. He's the only one that ever said, I'll take care of you, and did it, and was able. That's the covenant. That's what him and the father talked about. He said, I'm the surety. Benjamin, that's us. That's a picture of the church in this instance. They, they ain't there. <laughs> they don't have enough sense to ask our elder brother to be surety for us. He said, before they ask, I am. I'm the surety. Now, back in our text, Genesis 43. That's the covenant. Now, let's see what Christ brought to the Father along with his blood. Here's the work of the surety. Christ is our surety, pictured in this. Here's, here's what he brings. Verse 11. And their father Israel said unto them, If it must be so now, do this. If, you, if that's what has to happen, do this. Take of the best fruits in the land in your vessels. Take the best fruits in your vessels. Carry down the man a present. Take him a present. A little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, nuts and almonds. How fast we read over stuff. Like, oh, well, you need Benjamin, but take a bunch of stuff with you. Each one of these is precious. And take double money in your hand. And the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks, carry it again in your hand. Peradventure, it was an oversight. In case they messed up giving you this money back. You take double and you take that what they gave you. Take also your brother. And arise. Go again unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man. Here's the things you need to take, son. Take the best Fruits in the land in your vessels. Take the best fruits. Lord spoke of us, didn't he? This one that we're made one with, our surety. He said, herein is my Father glorified, John 15, 8, that ye bear much fruit. How are you doing about bearing fruit? I've come far short of the fruit that our surety brought. He brought the fruit of the righteousness, didn't he? He had the fruits of the Spirit without measure without measure he had love without measure joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance without measure that's what he brought on our behalf verse 11 says take of the best fruits in your land and the vessels and carry down the man a present a little balm take a little balm with you what's that the balm of Gilead isn't it the healing blood of Christ. And your person, take your person and take your blood. And a little honey. A little honey. Why would he say honey? <laughs> Don't they have bees in Egypt? <laughs> That's the word of God. Not just in, in what you've been given without measure who you are. What you did to shed blood. Your word. Take your word with you. How could honey be a word? David said in Psalm 119, How sweet are thy words, Unto my taste, yea, sweeter than 
honey to my mouth. Solomon said that pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. That's health to the bones. What makes, what makes you feel healthy? He said so. Here's what he said. What did he say? Tell me again. I want to hear. Sweet to the Father's ear, isn't it? But it's sweet to our souls, too. Everything he said on our behalf, that's precious. That holy communion. Like going and reading there in John 17. Him speaking to his Father. That's just amazing. But that's sweet to us. That's sweet to our ears, too. And he says, spices and myrrh. Spices and myrrh. Over in Song of Solomon, it says, His cheeks are as a bed of spices. His sweet flowers. That's his face. His face shine before him like lips. His lips are like lilies and drop dripping sweet-smelling myrrh. He smells good and looks good. Myrrh and aloe. That's what Nicodemus brought to anoint the Lord's body for burial, wasn't it? And everyone, nothing came out of that tomb that smelled bad. Our Lord went in there and laid down, <laughs> and, and, and nothing consumed his body. He didn't see his body didn't see destruction, but he was coated in that aloe. And I thought, just how you put aloe on you, you get smooth, don't you? Like fresh skin, new, and and myrrh just smelled like healing and smelled like life and smoothness of skin come out to him. That's victory. We used to say it in arm. That smells like victory. <laughs> it smells like freedom. That's what that was. It's exactly what it smelled like. Judah, or Jacob's telling Judah, said, here's what you take with you. It's not by accident, is it? It's not frivolous speak. Verse 11 says, And their father Israel came unto them and said, If it must be so, now do this. Take of the best fruits in the land and your vessels and carry down the man a present. That's what it always speaks of the high priest bringing offerings, doesn't it? A little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, nuts and almonds. What's nuts and almonds? That's more fruit from a tree. You begin with fruit and you end with fruit. His person, who he is. See that? Verse 12. And take double money in your hand. Double money. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. And cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received in the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Our brother wrote that hymn. He said, The water and the blood. Be of sin the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. It's not just that we've been, not only that we've been justified. All right, you're good. Everything, there's no crime committed. It's gone as far as the east is from the west. The sin's been put away. Past, present, and future. But we've been made sanctified. It's not just that we've, we've had forgiveness. We've been given holiness. The, the possibility of it failing is not there. I've said that before. If you was the wealthiest person on earth, would you buy a car you knew was going to break down in 10,000 miles? When I buy what lasts the longest, you know, I don't want it failing on me. That's just us buying cars. The Lord's going to have a possession. It will not break. It's mine. It's, going to, it's this holy now. It's going to stay that way forever. The possibility. We're not morally innocent like Adam in the garden have the, the possibility of failure. It's not it. I didn't just buy them. I made them perfect. I made them a new creation. We received forgiveness and acceptance. Those are two different things. It's one, it's one thing for me to stop being mad at somebody. It's another thing for me to accept them. This surety we have. Bob read this a few services ago in Isaiah 33. 
For the Lord's our judge, the Lord's our lawgiver, and the Lord's our king. He shall save us. He's a whole kit and caboodle. He's the one that's going to do this. Verse 12, And take double money in your hand, and the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks carried it again in your hand. Peradventure, it was an oversight. Take also your brother, and arise, and go again unto the man. Take your brother with you. One, intertwined, intermixed, bled together. Arise, and go unto the man. That's what he did for us. And Almighty God, God Almighty, give you mercy before the man. Did he? Did he? Look over in chapter 44. I don't want to jump too far ahead because we're still going to go through all this, but Genesis 44. Gen uh, Benjamin was found guilty. We'll look at the silver cup. I'm excited about getting to that in a week or two, but they, they put a silver cup in there. Our Lord was forsaken for silver, wasn't it? And they said, it's your fault. You did this. It's our fault. But Benjamin was found guilty, and Judah represents him. Speaking on behalf of Benjamin, his surety. <laughs> the surety speaks on the behalf of Benjamin there in verse 16. Genesis 44, 16. And Judah said, what shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak, or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. He speaks on behalf and says, guilty. I'm bearing this. Benjamin, Benjamin had the cup. Judah didn't have the cup. He said, we. We. He brought with it. Look at verse 18. Then Judah came near unto him, unto Joseph, and said to him, spoke to him one-on-one, -on -one, real close. Oh, my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ear, and let not thine anger burn against thy servant. Mercy. Hear me, O oh Lord. Hear me. He heard him always, didn't he? The father heard the son. Verse 26. Genesis 44, 26. And we said we cannot go down. If our youngest brother be with us, then we will go down. This is together. We have to be together in this. The surety speaks. Verse 30. We're, none will be left behind. You get that? I ain't going to lose one. Verse 30. Now, therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, when I go back to my father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life, the father's life is bound up in me bringing this brother back, this church back, this Benjamin back. It shall come to pass that when he seeth the lad is not with us, that he will die. And thy servant shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. If those given to Christ are not brought to the Father, the Lord loses more than we do. People, Natural man will get real mad at that because we're so selfish and self-centered and we don't fear God and, and, and want his glory. Man talks a lot about glorifying God, but here it is. If, if, I, if he died for me and I go to hell... He loses more than I do, and I'll be in hell for eternity. Well, what does he lose? His life, his character, his glory, because he gave his word. That covenant was made. It's bound up with the lads and the ladies' lives. <laughs> All his, his sons and daughters, his, his bride throughout time. The Father's bound with them through our surety. 
I thought about that. I'm to protect and provide for my family. That's my job. God gave that to me. If I fail at that, or I do a poor enough job that, that doubt seeps into my family, into their mind, like, I don't know if Dad can keep us. I don't know if Dad's going to hold up his end of the bargain. My honor's gone. The respect my family has for me and my wife has for me is gone. My name is no longer worth anything. They may grow up, children may grow up and change their name. She may end up changing her name. My word, I'll do this, means nothing. I'll provide for you. I'll look out for you. I'll take care of you. It means nothing if I can't keep it. How much more so Christ our surety. His love's at stake. He said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. That's so. That's so. He said, his mercy's at stake. At stake. He said, I'll pardon them. I'm going to pardon them. His word's at stake. Every promise he gave. Here's my words. He gave us the Father's words, didn't he? They're one. He put them in us. Every jot and tittle of that law, every word, every picture, every type, every scripture, it's all been kept. It's all been fulfilled. This, right? What we've been looking at Wednesday night, John 17. It, it all come to pass. <laughs> We're going to see next hour, too. I, I kept reading, kept going back further on Psalm 52. Ended up way back, 1 Samuel. It's amazing. It preaches itself. It's laid right there. <laughs> like this in the first eight verses. It's all come to pass, hasn't it? Salvation, sure. Why? Because of the one who is our surety. Because of him. Look down verse 32. Genesis 44, 32. For thy servant became surety for the lad, for Benjamin, unto thy, my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now, therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad A bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. Take me and let these go. For how shall I go to my father, and the lad be not with me? Lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father. What did that surety produce? That one that laid his life down for his friends. That's what Judah's doing. Look, chapter 45, verse 1. Picture of everything we couldn't accomplish. <laughs> then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried. Satisfied. Oh, buddy. <clears throat> you want assurance? Comfort? Look to the surety. And our comfort is, our assurance is, that the surety accomplished everything he said he's going to accomplish. It's done. Now, we got a little bit of time left. Uh, we got a few brethren that ain't been brought home yet uh, to the Father. I don't know him yet. They ain't been born yet, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> there may be generations ahead. We got a little work left to do. We've been sent into the world. That's what he said. Well, he's with us. And uh, But we know the end. We know It's like World War II. I feel so sorry for them people in uh, Great Britain and they're getting bombed every day in London. They didn't know the outcome. We read all these books and watch these documentaries. We don't. I ain't sitting on my couch scared to death. If that little bitty country is going to beat the whole world, I know the outcome. I know the ending. I ain't sweating. 
He's sure he's a nail in a sure place. He's sure he's sure thing. Sure thing. All right, that's pretty good. Father, thank you for your word that shows us your son and for who he is and what he did. What a salvation we have in our surety. And as we go through this world, Lord, sinning by not looking to him, turn our eyes upon Jesus. What he's accomplished. Thank you for this day, Lord. Be with us. Send your spirit to comfort your people and call out those that don't know our Lord and King yet and give them life and be with those that aren't with us, Lord, and our brethren around this world that's suffering and so feeble and anxious and give them comfort. And the only one that comfort can be found. Forgive us our sin. It's because of Christ we ask these things. Amen. All right, brethren, take a little break, meet back at 1030.